V-I-V-I-V-I-P, Stepmoms, that's you and me. What's up, VIPs? This is Naja Hall. Now, this month, um, we're talking to one of our very own, Brittany Chapman. You guys already know her because she's kind of broken down. Remember that ABC's video from a few months ago? Well, Brittany's here today to talk to us exclusively about custodial stepmotherhood, what that means, what it takes, and she just wants to give us a little bit of her experience. And so... Brittany, kind of, you know, give them the story of how you came into this life and um, where you're at now. Sure, sure. So I didn't come into this life. This life came into me. Uh, It found me. Oh, that sounds horrible. Uh, (laughs) This life found me. And, uh, you know, I just, I firmly believe that this is the way my story was written long before I was even a thought in anybody's mind. I was single one day, non-exclusive, dating this really handsome guy. And, you know, we decided to become exclusive, kept dating that really handsome guy, came with three kids, and um, we are married. Uh, We are going on, oh God, four years of marriage now. And um, we've had ebbs and flows, ups and downs. It's been fun. It hasn't always been real fun, but that's my story. So then coming into custodial motherhood, because I know you shared before in your previous video of how it happened. And I do know specifically, I want to really dig into detail on mothering, or I can't call it co-mothering because your stepchild's mother is deceased. And so you are also, you were the custodial stepmom. Your son is going to college now, but Mm -hmm. he lived with you guys as well. What's the core differences that you see being a custodial mom for a kid that has a mother, a living mother, and then one that doesn't? Gosh, I mean, like as hard as it is to believe, there's similarities and differences. So, you know, I think it really boils down to what a stepmom envisions her or envisioned her motherhood journey to look like. Um, Me, myself, I've always envisioned um, having children, like literally conceiving and birthing (laughs) yeah Um, yeah and that has not been my story to this point so I've I've had the opportunity to do the potty training and the sleep training and the pacifiers and all of the things all of the things and you know I've I've had those those first to where I haven't really had anyone to kind of check me on it if you will um, yeah because you know, unfortunately, her her biological mom is deceased. Um, with the older two, um, similar dynamic. Um, you know, my husband completely custodial. Uh, however, you know, there were lots of attitudes and habits and behaviors that were ingrained in the older two, being um, then preteen and teenagers, uh, that were very hard to to break, and still are hard to break. So, with with our youngest. Uh, she was more of a blank slate, if you will, than than the oldest. So you, blank slate, you got to come in and there was nobody coming behind you, telling you that you were wrong. Clearly the conflict wasn't there, but then you still have to navigate like parenting with the deceased family, or is that not the case? So ironically, um, It is the case now. Um, Earlier on, it had not been, um, but, you know, our youngest has always had the pleasure. She has three grandmas. 
right? So she's always had the pleasure of, you know, bouncing back and forth between grandmas. Like they literally fight over her. Um, And I would say that though I did not have um, the the external influences um, from, from the biological mom standpoint, I still got that mess from family. Everybody wanted okay. to tell me what to do and how to do it. And you know, yeah. it was already hard because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing as most first-time parents don't, but yeah. I took it a lot more personal because I felt like there was this extra layer of like, ugh, that came on like, top of it. Like, are y'all doing this because of, I don't have right. kids? Are you trying to make up for exactly. the deceased? Like, ugh. Yeah, ugh. it was tough. So then when you came in setting your boundaries forth, um, did you have to have the conversation? Like these are the boundaries and you guys have crossed them or did people kind of just fall in line? Uh, Early on, my defense mechanism really was to shut down. Um, I really just started pulling away from a lot of people. Anybody that made me feel uncomfortable, I pulled away from them. Yeah. Um, Including my own mom (laughs) at a point. So looking Uh, back, was that was pulling away with the right thing to do at the time no she would have done it different it was horrible it was the worst idea ever I really it did not help me it did not help them it helped nobody so you know if I knew then what I knew now I would have made my boundaries so much clearer um even with my husband and I'm sure yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so I'm I'm gonna call you up I'm gonna tell you my real quick problem and then I want you to redirect me so hi B, how are you? I heard you were amazing. I heard you on Nasha's podcast. Hi, how are things going no, today? Well, they're not good. I'm really pissed off because my husband um has three kids from a previous relationship, and the t- two of them are really cool, but one of them presents a real problem. Me and my husband have an hours baby, and mm-hmm. the one kid, the one older child like never talks to our hours baby doesn't engage doesn't even seem to like his little brother and it's Mm -hmm. frustrating to me I don't trust this kid around my son I don't feel like my husband is doing a good job to protect us and I don't know what to do I don't even want this kid in our house Mm. that's what's going on okay well it sounds like there's certainly a lot to unpack here so let's start with some of the more basics you mentioned that you're not exactly comfortable uh, with the older child being around your hours baby. No, not at all. Tell me a little bit about how you've shared your concerns with your husband. And when you do that, let me know what you've told him that you need to feel secure. How have I shared my concerns? Well, I told him that I think his kid is kind of a little assholeish, and why would you not like what does this our little baby have to do with whatever issues that him you know him and his mother have come up with this teenager mm-hmm. why would you want to punish a child so i i mean i've told my husband like he needs to do something about it or he needs to talk to his kid and i forgot the other question okay so i think it's a good start that you've started having the conversations with your husband about your concerns. Um, what specifically can he do to help you feel more secure with your stepchild? Well, I don't want to put him in a position to have to choose between his new family and his previous family, but 
I mean, he could speak up. He could he could speak up on behalf of me and our son. He could okay. maybe make sure his kid gets more involved. You know, like why does he get to sit in the room all the time? Or he doesn't even engage with our son. And our son wants his big brother. He's always asking mm. about him, and he's old enough now to feel rejection. And that really makes me upset. If it makes me feel like my husband can't protect our baby and can't protect me. Mm -hmm. I understand. So what does speaking up look like for you? Is it, hey kid, you know, get it together? <laughs> or, you know, what 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 does speaking up look like for you? And how do you envision that changing the dynamics of your house? It's so hard for me to have compassion on a teenager that would reject a toddler. So like I, I I don't know. I don't know what speaking up would look like. I guess if I expect him to speak up and I don't know what that looks like, then I don't even know if he's actually doing it or not. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Saying something though, just making him be engaged. Okay. And maybe I'm not as engaged with my stepkid as I could be. Maybe, mm. you know, when I refer to, because I have dropped the ball and said your son, and I've said that in front of the kids. Mm -hmm. And I've said my son. And so maybe my stepson does feel like there's a separation and maybe he's not comfortable. I don't know. And I think I we're know. onto something there. And And could it be that maybe, you know, based on the... The strained, I think we can call it strained, the strained relationship between you and your stepson and the lack of attachment that he could be fearful of getting attached to your hours, baby. Um, I can't say that I've been, you know, I, because whenever my stepson is around, like his mother is super high conflict. And so that kind of does mm -hmm. make me maybe not trust him as much because she said some things, awful things about my baby. Like no mother mm -hmm. should talk about another mother's child. And so when my stepson comes over, I, you know, I don't know if he's listened to all this stuff that she said. And so maybe I do kind of hover a little when mm -hmm. my stepson is there because I don't want him sending, sending snapshots to his mom or mm -hmm. um, hurting, hurting my child. So maybe I haven't stepped out of the way and let them form a, a brotherly bond it's mm. just so hard though because like my stepson's mom is so nasty right that i i, I definitely understand <laughs> uh so let's try to come up with a plan let's see if we could come up with a plan that maybe all of you could feel comfortable with what do you think it would look like if you and your husband and your stepson uh went out for lunch or spent some time together so that he can get a better idea of you know how both of you feel about him collectively and then maybe later on when he's a little bit more comfortable incorporate your hours baby into the mix do you think that's something that could be doable for you guys I mean and it's just hard because I don't really have a lot of help with child care like, I don't even know where I would take like, why do I have to leave out our, our, my son? Like, why can't he be a part of this? Well, you're not necessarily leaving out your baby uh, because your baby is still there. Right now, um, what I'm hearing is that there may be some apprehension um, with your stepson 
connecting to you and subsequently connecting to your hours, baby. So if you work toward resolving that piece by piece, uh, you may decrease any feelings of being overwhelmed or, or your stepson being overstimulated by such a drastic change. Oh, well, damn. Okay, Coach Brittany, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because see, I can, throw, I can throw problems out for days, but you guys see what she did? She kept throwing solutions back at my ass. That, you know, sounds like mm -hmm. you have a solution for every problem. That's good. Okay, Brittany, so. <laughs> you better go connect with that boy. <laughs> yes, gotta connect, gotta connect. And, you know, I said I didn't want to use a blended family thing, but I think, you know, just. That's a, that's the crux of what I what we do. That's our first mm -hmm. love, and um, and to be yeah. honest with you, that's a perfect case that would be perfect for for multiple sessions. There's so much more that we could have unpacked with that oh, scenario. God, yes. So much more. There oh, is no God. way that could. So much more. So much yeah. more. That would definitely be more than one session because people like that. You know, I want to know. Maybe did you have a stepmother that made you feel isolated or did your father not protect you? Like people always have. There's mm -hmm. always an underlying reasons for why we do the things we do. So Brittany, you have this everything disc certification. And I remember she got it. You know, she was like working on it. She's working so hard. And she made me take this long ass survey. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. Too. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And she, when it talk about the everything disc and how it relates to helping individuals, especially the people that come to us. Sure, sure. So everything disc, uh, there's a couple of renditions out there, but what it really boils down to is emotional quotient. So when you think about how people think, how they act, uh, really what makes them tick, a lot of it boils down to emotions and how those emotions manifest. So for me, myself, I like to use myself as an example because nobody likes to be talked about. Uh, my particular disc style is D. And that's for um, dominance. I'm direct. I'm results driven. Um, I'm action oriented. Show me the show me the mark, and I'm gonna get to it. And so, for someone with my style, you know, we may come across as as crass, as um, matter of fact. A lot of times, people think we're harsh, and and it's really because you know we're we're after the goal. Our eyes are on the prize, and and people like us can have tunnel vision a lot. But when you are navigating spaces in a blended family, or even just in your, your marriage or your, your relationship, people have different styles. A lot of times you see everything disc uh, used in a workplace, but it really can be used in interpersonal relationships to help you identify and develop those skills. So even if I'm, since I'm a D with, with dominant, you know, my spouse could be um, an S. Uh, you know, he may like um, stability. And because of that. Hey, Brittany, what uh, are all the letters? Oh, yes, yes. D uh, for dominant. Um, I for influence. S, uh, I would say, you know, more of steadfastness, stability. Um, and C for conscientious. Whoo, mouthful. So, just because one person is one style doesn't mean that they don't have the ability to embody the characteristics of another style. It just means that it may take them a little bit more work. And a great example of that is, you know, even in my home, when we are problem solving or trying to come up with a plan, 
I know my husband, he likes to talk things out and he likes to repeat and he's very conscientious of the way that he is explaining what's going on and me. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Got it five minutes ago. What's the solution? So because of that, we both have to stretch a little bit to better communicate and have effective processes. And the same holds true for, for blended families, but you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. And oftentimes we find it out a little bit too late, but you can't recover. Okay. So, hmm. So then if my style is, wait, what is my style? What's my letter? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> we got to look that up. Okay. Because if, if a person is conscientious, what is that? How does how a conscientious person, how do you determine a lot of, if they're conscientious? Yes. So there is a, an adaptive assessment that's taken that based on the questions that are asked, uh, the answer is- Isn't that a long ass thing you made yes, me take? Yes, so, the answers oh are scored and will give you basically what your, your disc style is. So a great okay. way to think about a conscientious person is someone who experiences paralysis by analysis. Oh, so, so they're an overthinker. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so if you're a conscious, cause see, I think the conscientious has like a positive connotation. Like, oh, I think about things. I'm compassionate, but no, that's like, dude, you're overthinking. You're kind of doing too much. Well, yes and no. So we need people that are conscientious because people like me who are always focused with their eyes on the prize, the conscientious person misses some of the blaring details that I may miss because I'm so focused on getting from point A to point B. Ah, so okay. it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, none of these are bad. All of the styles have their strengths and their weaknesses, but that's the beauty of learning how to stretch, uh, whether you're on the giving end or the receiving end, because we all have parts of each style in us. It's just a matter, a matter of which one is most dominant. So then how, I've heard a lot of women say when they are raising the child of a deceased woman, they feel like they're competing against a ghost. I heard a lot of women say that, especially as these kids age, because they start to wonder about their mom and mm -hmm. make these unfair comparisons when maybe they knew her, maybe they didn't. But mm -hmm. is that like a thing that, is that a thing that's happened to you or does that resonate with you? I would say early on, it was really weird. Um, especially since um, this is something that I ended up finding out after we, we you know, made the decision to, to be committed, not marriage-wise, but just relationship-wise, mm -hmm. uh, that we have a similar cultural background, um, like to the T, and okay. that our, our birthdays are actually a day apart. Um, Damn. Yeah. He did not know this. I did not know this. So this was just one of those things that ended up being like, oh, Okay. Uh, so that so, it a lot easier because you're West Indian. So I'm yes. assuming he, you mean culturally as far as being West Indian or? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you both are West Indies. That's a whole thing uh -huh. in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And then, damn, I mean, that's Zodiac. Right. A, right. Team source. Uh, but, you know, it made it, it great for um, our youngest to be able to get that, which she may have missed. Um, yeah from her mom but you know now that we do like regular visits I mean like in the summer it's like we hardly see her because she's always gone 
She um, has a whole group of people that want her. She has to, mm-hmm. okay, so she has a schedule. She's highly sought after. Yeah, she has a schedule. She's and, booked and busy. Yeah. Early on, you know, it was hard, um, especially since, you know, she she had daddyitis. And, you know, I've always, always, I've loved babies, always wanted a baby. And like, it was very, it was very tough for me. Um, Cause she was 17 time, months when you met her. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. She's still a all baby. All she knew was baby. daddy. Like, yeah. All she knew was daddy. Uh-oh. Like, and here you yeah. come. Uh-oh. Right. Like she was cool with me. Like it, it was cool. But like, like if shit really hit the fan, like she was calling for him. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I feel like our defining moment was when um she started asking me questions she's like do you have any pictures of when I was in your belly and I'm like oh shit like no I don't (laughs) so like I was texting with my husband because he was stationed at another um base at the time I'm like hey bro like we gotta figure some shit out because like she's asking questions like I know she knows but like she's asking more and more I'm like, so I need you to send me all the baby pictures that you have in your phone because she wants to see pictures of her when she was a baby. So like, I'm showing her these pictures. How old was she at that point? Uh, three or four, three or four. Oh, so she's old enough. But was so did you guys not feel that she was old enough to know? Like, hey, I didn't carry you in my belly. And she's like, okay, well, who did? Um, like we had had the conversations with her, um, but the questions started. The questions started to match her energy like with her age so like the questions okay. started getting a lot more complicated so the defining moment for us really was um you know I, before I asked the question before I even realized the words left my mouth I said well, mm-hmm. would you like me to take her take you to go see her um because she is you know buried in Florida and oh. you know I I well actually I want to say I asked my husband first before I brought that up to her and he was like are you going to be okay with this and I'm like this is for her you know this isn't for me but so were you ultimately okay with it or did it yeah I was it was kind of weird like I can't lie I'm like ooh, yeah hey me and this is here damn yeah yeah it was weird but like I feel like there was some sort of like transition and healing that took place with Mm -hmm. doing that like I wanted her to be able to go because it had been a while since she had, and he would usually be the one that took her. Um, yeah. But because he was stationed in another state, you know, I'm like, you know, we, we really should continue to, to do this. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. We made a whole weekend out of it. I incorporated like fun things, you know, for her to make sure that, you know, she could have balance and it not be like a sad and dreary weekend. Right. But I mean, it worked. <laughs> So you got a chance to usher her through the process of grief. Do you do you feel like she's missing something? Um, no, not after that. I think um, you know, she was able to better connect some dots and you know realize that things happen for a reason. That's so cliche and wrong, mm-hmm. but you know. I don't know that she's necessarily missing anything or something. Mm-hmm. Obviously she's missing her biological mom, like in a physical yeah. sense, but you know, she's just so surrounded by love that unless she really took time to think about this is missing, you know, she's so inundated with like yeah. the way that we've just enveloped her, you know? Yes. Yes. Okay. So amazing. Do you have any words of advice to women that 
have been in your shoes, that are in your shoes or, you know, have the responsibility to help a child whose mother is no longer with us? Yes. Um, My advice would be to, as best as possible, recognize and, and move in a way that doesn't like stink of replacement (laughs) like I know that sounds so nasty but you know you can never replace someone that is gone whether the child has awareness of the person or not you just yes and if you if you come into it with the attitude of trying to replace you're almost never going to find your footing you're always going to be comparing and you're not going to be able to enjoy the now because you're always going to be thinking of the what was and what could be so Mm. chart your own path as best as possible because you will be so much happier conundrum yeah (laughs) I love it I love it that's amazing well Brittany thank you so much for teaching and you guys if you are trying to manage these types of feelings Brittany is literally an expert um not only indeed but in personal and professional life experience especially in this uh thank you so much I will see you guys next week this has been another episode of the VI pod or bipod I haven't figured out how we're going to pronounce that yet but i'll see you guys next month v-i-v-i-v-i-p stepmoms that's you and me